My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bundjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 26th of October. I'm Emma Gillespie. I'm Tom Crowley. Tom, thanks for joining us today. We're talking about the latest inflation numbers which were released yesterday and they've shown that prices have risen by more than the Reserve Bank had hoped. It's increased the likelihood that we could soon be hearing three words that we haven't heard for a few months, interest rate rise. Tom, you're going to tell us all about what that means in today's deep dive. But first, what's making headlines? Well, M, passengers who are on board the Ruby Princess during a major COVID-19 outbreak, remember the Ruby Princess, have won a class action lawsuit against Carnival Australia. The Ruby Princess, of course, was turned back to Sydney in March 2020 when several passengers fell ill with COVID. The federal court found the cruise company was negligent in its professional duties to care for the thousands of passengers on board and that it wasn't reasonably safe for the cruise to depart. The ruling opens the door for Carnival to pay damages to several of the passengers. The Queensland government has launched new action to tackle vaping use. Measures include expanding the state's quitline service, which is a phone service to help Queenslanders quit smoking, and stronger enforcement of vaping laws. The reforms were announced as part of the government's response to a parliamentary inquiry, which handed down its report in August. The government accepted all 14 recommendations in the report. The Commissioner of WA Corrections Services has been stood down less than one week after the death of a First Nations boy held in youth detention. As part of an overhaul to the state's Justice Department, a Deputy Commissioner position will be created and that role will be dedicated to overseeing the welfare of young people in the system. The death of the First Nations boy will be investigated in a mandatory inquest. And today's good news. It's always a good day when we've got space news and new research from the universities of Surrey and Swansea in the UK have found it could be viable to use solar panels in space. The result suggests that large and inexpensive solar stations, so solar farms, could be deployed in space to bring clean energy back to Earth. The study showed the panels did not deteriorate in space, although they did become less efficient over a period of six years. I guess it makes sense the sun is in space yeah that's where it lives (laughs) tom you're here to talk to us about your favorite subject not necessarily my favorite subject but we need to know about it nonetheless inflation and interest rates yes there's a rule on the tda pod which is that i'm not allowed to come on and talk about inflation and interest rates without it first being pointed out that i'm the only person who finds them interesting (laughs) but it has been a little while since we've had much news at all really on the economic front. It's been four months since the RBA last raised interest rates and I think that's when I was last on the pod to talk about this. But we got some news yesterday and it wasn't very positive. Inflation is falling but not as fast as we want it to and that is prompting speculation that the RBA under its new governor Michelle Bullock could be about to give us some unwelcome news. So there's a bit to unpack there. There sure is. And I must admit my heart did drop a little bit when you reported yesterday that we could be finding ourselves talking about rate rises again. I think a lot of people thought we might have left that in the past and I'd just forgotten about interest rates completely after multiple rate rises back to back to back to back. And I was kind of happy to keep it that way. But let's start with yesterday's news. 
what happened, what have they told us, and what does it mean? So what we got yesterday was the latest inflation numbers for the last quarter. So the last three months, we're talking July, August, September. So inflation tracks how prices are changing. This is information on what's happened to prices in the Australian economy in the last three months. And of course, we've been watching these numbers very closely for really the best part of two years because prices have been going up by far too much for anyone's liking. It's a story that we've spoken about many times and that I'm sure people have experienced at the grocery store paying their rent. It's something that we're pretty familiar with, the cost of living crisis that we've been living through. Now, the story over the last few months has been getting better inflation has been moderating. It's still going up. Prices are still going up, but they're not going up by quite as much as they used to. That's been the good news story. So did that pattern continue yesterday? Well, sort of. So I'll start with the numbers. The big inflation number that we focus on is the annual number. What are prices today compared to a year ago? And the number that we learned about yesterday was 5.4. Prices across the board in Australia, 5.4% higher than a year ago. Now, that's quite a bit higher. It's not as bad as where we were, as I say. So we got up as high as sort of 8 9% was where that number was at a few months ago. So 54 is not bad, but it's still quite a bit higher than where the RBA would like it to go. 2 to 3% inflation is the range that the RBA is comfortable with as a sort of a safe and stable range that doesn't put too much pressure on the cost of living. That's what they're aiming for. So 5.4, we're heading in the right direction, but we're not quite there. So the RBA has increased interest rates probably about a, a dozen times in the last sort of year and a half since May 2022 when it began to do that. And the reason that it does that is to discourage people from borrowing and spending money. The idea being that fewer people spending money takes some of that pressure off prices. That's the way that the RBA seeks to get inflation back down to that level. And so this 5.4 number is not quite where the RBA wants it to be. And beneath that 5.4, there are some particular areas where prices have been rising faster. So in the last few months, we saw particularly large spikes for petrol, for rent, and more broadly for housing costs, power bills, all of these things, prices that have been rising in those categories for quite some time. So can you take us back a bit of a step here? Because you've talked briefly about how the RBA raises rates to fight inflation. But how exactly, you know, when we're talking about high petrol prices or surging rent prices, what's the point of raising interest rates? It's a really good question. And it's always good to go back to this step because I think sometimes there's this automatic way that we talk about it. Oh, inflation's up. And so the RBA is going to raise interest rates like it's just this automatic thing. And we don't take that step back to ask why. So it's a good question. And I think it's especially confusing for people when we're talking about things like petrol and rent, like why does the RBA making borrowing more expensive do anything to help the cost of petrol or the cost of my rent? And the answer is it doesn't, but the RBA is playing, I guess, a psychological game with people about expectations. That's slightly confusing, but let me unpack that a little bit. What the RBA is really worried about happening at this point in time is that the public gets used to rising prices being a part of life. So from the RBA's perspective at the moment, it doesn't really matter whether it's petrol, whether it's rent, whatever it is. What the RBA is worried about is this overall number, this 5.4, whatever the number is, that number getting kind of set into the bones of the Australian economy and into the minds of, of, of all of us here. 
The reason that they're worried about that is that if people expect price rises to become the norm, that can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you think about if you're wanting to make a major purchase, say you want to buy a household appliance that's you know a fairly big financial outlay, and you think that price rises are a part of life, prices are going to keep going up and up and up, you're going to be much more likely, if you can, to want to buy that today rather than tomorrow. That's the kind of self-perpetuating logic that the RBA is really worried about. And that's why the RBA, when it gets bad news on inflation like this, wants to use a lot of tough language and wants to use its actions with interest rates to signal to people, we take this seriously. We want to get rid of this inflation. We are going to get back to 2 to 3%. And you heard, even before yesterday's numbers, the RBA Governor Michelle Bullock I guess playing that psychological game. She's a new governor. We don't know her very well. She gave a lot of speeches over the course of the last week or so saying, we will not hesitate. If these inflation numbers are not where we want them to be, rest assured we will do what we need to do when it comes to interest rates to get the numbers back. That's the kind of game the RBA is trying to play here to break that cycle of expectations. And that's really the way that the RBA sees that it can get us on this path back to 2 to 3%. Before we get a little bit deeper into what that might mean for households, I do want to ask you about the RBA's new governor, Michelle Bullock. We've not known her for very long. Philip Lowe, of course, was around for the years prior, made headlines in a way that we haven't really seen an RBA governor make headlines before. How do you think this will shift attitudes towards Michelle Bullock? What does this look like for her? Uh, it's, it's part of the job. That That's what you sign up for as the RBA governor. I don't think that either Phil Lowe or Michelle Bullock will be too worried about whether they're popular. That That's, I guess, not so much part of their job. So I think Michelle Bullock's certainly setting the scene and setting everyone's expectations that even though there's been a change of governor, we shouldn't expect a change in approach. So higher interest rates can cause pain for households, you know, immediately I think of mortgage repayments when interest rates shift and interest rate changes have this downward effect on the economy. So, Tom, what do we expect the fallout of a rate rise to look like? Yeah, so this is the other side of the coin, right? So we all know why the RBA wants to fight inflation. As I said at the beginning, we have all experienced this cost of living crisis. We know very well what inflation can do to our wallets if it stays too high. So we understand that part of it. But the consequence of raising interest rates is less spending. That's bad for the economy. That's bad for businesses. That's bad for the jobs of people who work for businesses. It's obviously, as you say, painful for people with mortgages as well. But it has that broader effect. I mean, the whole point of interest rates is to dampen the economy. And that can help you achieve what you want to achieve on the inflation front. But the trade-off the RBA has to navigate all the time is between trying to fight that inflation, but also not wanting to hurt the economy too much. But the RBA has always said that's a really narrow path. And when we have these moments like we had yesterday, where inflation is not on this path that we want it to be, and if the RBA is going to have to move again, that's when we start getting into this point of, are we going to push the economy too far? Are we going to cause so much damage that we then trip into a recession? And I think that we are at a critical tipping point on that front now. So the good news so far, there hasn't been too much of a consequence for people's jobs. So unemployment remains at 3.6%, which is a historically low level, and it's stayed pretty stable for quite some time now. That's good news, 
but we're watching it carefully to see whether there are signs that it might be starting to tick up, that people might be starting to lose their jobs. And we are starting to see some signs of that, particularly for young workers. So in the last few months, the number of young people aged 15 to 24 who have jobs has fallen by more than 30,000. That's pretty significant. And young workers are often talked about as the canary in the coal mine, the first to fall. They're young, they're inexperienced, you know, they're often the first people that a business might lay off if it's in in difficulty. So that is a, a bad sign, obviously a very bad sign for the young workers, but a bad sign more broadly that these storm clouds might be starting to gather. And so the situation is getting a little precarious and certainly another interest rate rise, if that is what we're going to get the next time the RBA meets, will amp up that pressure and, and that squeeze on the economy. So what is the government doing in all of this in the midst of this cost of living pressure? What's their role? Will they now be looking to provide additional support? They are certainly likely to face more and more pressure to do that, I think. So far, the government hasn't indicated that that it plans to do anything extra. So far, it's been pointing to things that it's done recently. So last budget, it increased rent assistance to people who are on welfare. It took steps to make childcare cheaper for parents. It took some steps not to reduce power bills, but to stop them going up by quite as much as they might have. So they point to these things and they say, these are the things that we're doing to help. There were some questions the Treasurer got yesterday about whether he might step in to try to lower the price of fuel. That's something the previous government did the last time fuel prices really spiked a couple of years ago. So there may be some more pressure to do that. But broadly speaking, no, the government at the moment is saying it's holding the course. But if the bad news continues, and particularly if we find ourselves in a recession, I think if the unemployment rate starts to climb, people start losing their jobs, that is when the pressure will really ramp up on the government to to reconsider its position on this. Tom, I feel like about this time a year ago, there was a lot of talk of recession, this kind of ominous forecast of what we might look like economically today. A year on from all that sort of talk, where are we at? And especially if we look overseas, are there any other examples from other developed countries that might be a little bit ahead of us who we can look to for a bit of a forecast? Yeah, I'm starting to sound a bit like the boy who cried wolf, Emma, because I think (laughs) probably for about a year I've been coming on and saying a recession is possible, a recession is possible. It's still possible. These these things happen slowly and then they happen quickly. And, And the language that I keep using is about storm clouds gathering. The storm hasn't broken yet. And we hope that it doesn't, but we're still in this precarious position. And I think I think the way that I would describe where the economy is at at the moment is that things are going, you know, not not as bad as they could be. But we just need one nasty knock, and things could turn in a really bad direction. And what I'm watching particularly closely is China, which has its own set of problems, which could be a whole other podcast and (laughs) probably will be at some point. But the Chinese economy, which is obviously very important to Australia and the world from a trading perspective, is having all sorts of problems of its own at the moment in its housing market. If something goes really wrong in China on the economic front, that spells big trouble for the world economy. And that's the kind of event if something like that is looming on the horizon, that's the kind of thing that might tip us into recession. So we're sort of, we've been standing on the precipice for a while. Every month that goes past without terrible economic news and with unemployment staying stable is great. Uh, and so I hope that I can keep coming on and saying a recession is still possible, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. But that that's roughly where we are. I think we're still watching those clouds gather. Well, to carry on the storm cloud metaphor, weather apps get it wrong all the time. (laughs) Not as often as economists. Uh, And we like it when it's sunny. (laughs) 
Tom, thank you so much for unpacking all of that for us. You've made it make so much more sense. Pleasure. And thank you for listening to today's episode. If you learned something, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you listen so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow and until then, have a great day. 